0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we
1: on? I've, I've lost
0: count.
2: Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so...
0: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
2: Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the capital region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. KJ Live with Chris Johnson and Chris is having conversations with influencers in the sports world and entertainment industry. Now here's Chris Johnson.
3: You are now tuned in to KJ Live. Today's guest on the show is a four-time WNBA All-Star. She's a 2016 WNBA champion and considered one of the greatest players in the history of women's basketball. She has currently partnered with the African-American Sports and Entertainment Group, and together they focus their efforts on bringing a WNBA franchise to the city of Oakland. It is my great honor to welcome Alana Beard to the show.
1: Hi, KJ. Have Hi, me. how are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks for reaching out to get me on.
3: Absolutely. I mean, once I read about what you're doing, uh, it was fascinating for a lot of reasons. And I'll get into that a little bit later, but I really want to hear all about what you're doing. But something I wanted to ask you when I, cause I heard about it when you when you shut it down, when you retired 2020, what made you decide to walk away from the game?
1: I was ready. Right. Um, I, I I think I was in a position that not a lot of athletes are in. Um, Towards the end of their career, I was fortunate to be able to make that decision and I was ready to make that decision. I was craving something new. I was craving the transition to the business world. Um, And on top of that, you know, I I've always been I've always been that athlete that never wanted to cheat the game. Mm -hmm. Right. And to me, if my body wasn't producing the way that I needed it to or wanted it to. Um, considering the amount of work that I put in on a daily basis, right, it, it didn't make the game fun for me anymore. Um, and and to add to that, there are only 144 spots in the WNBA, and I knew that I could stay in that league for as long as I wanted to stay in that league because of what I brought to any locker room. Um, in fact, when I you know announced that I was retiring, which was a mistake because I just wanted to just roll on out, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. coaches were, were reaching out to me to, to come on board. And I was like, no, I'm done. And I've always been big on mentoring. And I knew that if I had stayed, I was taking up another position and taking that away from young women who have dreamt for years upon years of being in the WNBA.
3: Absolutely. You, you touched on your, your desire to mentor. Um, a lot of times the professional athletics you don't. You, you see it, but you don't hear about enough stories about the pros mentoring. I um, I watched some of a uh, video of you and Marissa Coleman, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. And you guys actually you co-owned a restaurant together. Talk a little bit about that partnership, how that developed in that in your role in that in that uh, relationship.
1: So Marissa and I met when I was playing in, in Washington for the Washington Mystics. I was her vet. She was my rookie. Right. And, you know, I've always been that that individual to where I don't, I don't speak very much. I don't, I don't force anything on you. If you, if you come to me and if you want to know certain things, I'm going to take the time to explain it to you. But more than anything, I lead by example. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think Marissa Coleman saw sort of my approach to sort of the game, but also saw my approach to, you know, life outside of the court. And we would, we would have many, many um, conversations about what's the next step, even at you know, even four and five years in, we would still have those conversations. And so she knew that I had interests of, of one day being a franchisee because I had this grand plan of building out a portfolio of franchises and mm-hmm. operating it. Right. But mm-hmm. thank God, a mentor of mine kind of like, you know, encouraged me to sort of dig into the venture capital space. But Marissa, you know, she was always there, always digging in, always interested in what I was doing. And I was always providing information. And then eventually our relationship progressed to the point to where we had enough confidence and trust in each other that we decided to move forward, um, you know, from a business perspective. But that opportunity came about because Marissa Coleman's family had had a family friend who had owned my goodness, at least 40 franchises um, mm-hmm. from Domino's Pizza to, to Jersey Mike's. Mm-hmm. And so he literally took us underneath his wing and took us through the process step by step by step to teach us um, the the process of building out a franchise. And Marissa mm-hmm. Coleman and I were all over it. We're, we're very like-minded in terms of how we see ourselves um, transitioning and living life beyond the game.
3: That is some... A very valuable experience a very uh very good blessing to have someone walk you through those particular ropes having a little bit of business background myself and been involved in the franchising I, if there's there's so much i wish we would have did differently in those first three months okay that, right. that just kind of you know changes the game for you but you, but ha- but knowing those things and, uh, and getting that information is a valuable experience now no. how early in your wnba career did First, did life after basketball become sort of the priority for you to start strategically setting it up? And then how early was it that you have that business, that thirst for the business side of things? Was it as a graduate from Duke or did it start earlier than that or, or, you know?
1: No, it it started. It started in high school. Right. And Mm -hmm. and it simply started because, you know, I would leave the gym after practicing for hours after hours and I would go straight to I would go straight to Smoothie King. And so I was spending all my money at a Smoothie King, and in my mind, why would I spend all my money when I can just own one? And then, um, on top of like you know loving Smoothie King, I found out that the headquarters were you know was in New Orleans, right? And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to own hundreds of Smoothie Kings, right? And so that was something that started in high school, and I've always had that in mind. In fact, if you if you go back to sort of a few interviews that I maybe did in in college. Uh, I think it was like our Duke Media Guide or something. They asked me, like, who do I admire? Who do I want to be? I was like, I want to be the second richest African-American woman behind Oprah Winfrey. I don't right. know why I didn't say the first, <laughs> but I just said behind Oprah Winfrey because she was right. the standard. Right. Right. And right. so I've always been in that mindset. So with franchising, I, I followed that trend through through high school through college, right? And then I got to the professionals. We started having more and more time on our hands and I kept following that that, that trend. And then I, I didn't have a problem connecting with people, right? If I wasn't that athlete that walked around with a big head and an ego, right? If someone approached me, I'm, I'm extremely approachable. I'm gonna have a conversation with you. We're all human, right? And you'll be surprised at how many connections you make just by sitting at a coffee shop and engaging with people instead of being so consumed in your own world that you don't see... The life that's around you. Um, so I, I think that was how I, I kind of started, um, mm-hmm. you know, developing sort of the the business acumen, right? Um, but I can admit that when I was injured in 2010, when the doctors told me I had a 10 percent chance of returning to the court at an elite level, mm. I became hyper focused on preparing for life after basketball. Um, to where I was like, I was reaching out to people. I actually reached out to this to this one guy. He was the founder of a cybersecurity company in Washington. And I, I was like, hey, I was like, can we meet up at Starbucks once a week for you to give me many lessons um, in business? Mm-hmm. And dude was yeah. like, yeah, we can do that. So for over a year, every week, I would meet up at Starbucks with this guy for like two or three hours a day wow. and just sit there and go through my own MBA, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm the type of person that, um, I, I learn by doing, right? And, and having someone sort of just walk me through it step by step, I get it like just like that, like with mm-hmm. ease. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of my first maybe introduction into just really understanding what mentors are, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people can have uh, people in their lives and they can say that they have mentors, but how you engage with that mentor Correct. is super important, right? Because totally. it's you to dictate the journey that you want.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something that, as basketball athletes, I won't say basketball Mm -hmm. players, I won't just generalize like that. But as athletes, sometimes we take for granted is that the relationship, how to deal, how to behave with a mentor, how to maintain and cultivate. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, I think, more of those type of classes need to be taught or seminars or whatever. But the next generation definitely needs to understand that. But staying on on that topic, on that topic. Now, when did you as a player, first start to think, okay, did you think about being an owner of a, of a That's franchise, but cool. even back then? so when was that day or when oh, was God. that moment that you had that, that thought?
1: I, I don't know that I, I can put like a, a, a moment on it. Maybe it was when I was injured, came back after two years of being off the court and the Washington mystics kind of said, yeah, you're not going to be good anymore. So we're not going to re-sign you. Right. Hmm. Maybe, I don't know. That was my first mm-hmm. lesson in business. Um, And, you know, I'm probably going to go off the rails here, but I always uh, bring LeBron James into this conversation because I respect him for what he did. Right. Um, Right. And when he made the decision to go from Cleveland to Miami, I didn't necessarily like how he did it and announced it, Mm -hmm. but I respected it because LeBron James was probably one of the first athletes to sort of do to an organization what organizations kind of do to the athletes all the time like when they can't when you can't do anything for that organization anymore right. it's business it's oh yeah loyalty totally. means nothing right and so lebron was that athlete that took control of his own journey right and he made that decision you know what cleveland isn't ready for me just yet i'm gonna go to miami i'm gonna build up my brand take control of my brand win some <laughs> championships and then i'll come back to my hometown and win it for you without right. growth so, you know, and, and that's what I respect. So I think that the thought of, like, becoming an owner has always been in my mind, whether it was a WNBA team, um, an NBA team, a NFL team, like, nothing is off limits, right? The WNBA, why wouldn't I want to do this when I have the opportunity to do it,
2: right? Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long.
4: It's bracket season and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay.
0: 6 p.m. book an exclusive reservation with resi global dining access right this way because the american express platinum card offers access to the centurion lounge must see live events and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with amex terms apply
3: were there inspirations that you drew upon uh black women women in general that you said hey I look to this person as someone that inspires me to do better and achieve the highest of heights. Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like
1: it's as simple as that. It's it's, it's yeah. Oprah Winfrey. I think Oprah Winfrey is every black girl's role model, or at least in my generation, it was right. You, mm-hmm. you saw her just carry herself with such grace um, that, that you, I don't know. I was intrigued. I was intrigued early on. I'm still intrigued. <laughs> yeah. So,
3: yeah. When 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 you they say that representation matters, mm-hmm. what does that phrase mean to you personally?
1: It, it means a ton. You got to see it in order to believe it. Right. Um, when I was, you know, had aspirations of playing in the NBA because I didn't have the WNBA yeah. to, to to look up to. That's mm-hmm. that's what it means. That was my that was my meaning of of having rep- representation. I wanted to be the next Reggie Miller. The WNBA started. I wanted to be the next Cynthia Cooper. Yep. So it means a ton, right? So what yeah. the choices that I make on this journey? When I tell you that me is not at the center of any of it, I have a mm-hmm. bigger vision and I have a bigger purpose on this on this earth, right? To to, to sort of create and lay a foundation or lay a path, just as those that laid that path for me before. Like I have that responsibility and I don't take it lightly. So when I when I pursue these opportunities, whether it's in the venture capital space, whether it's owning a franchise or, or now, you know, leading a group to, to sort of bring a team to Oakland, it's about that generation that's coming behind me to be able to see that this is attainable, that this is possible if you really want it. It's cliche, but it's true.
3: No, it, and honestly, a lot of the things that people call cliche are some of the most valuable lessons. Yeah. If we really listen to it and really hold on to those words, we learn something from it. Yeah. And that brings me, that brings me to today, mm-hmm. uh, your involvement with the African American Sports and Entertainment Group and their push to bring a WNBA pre- franchise to the city of Oakland. How did you get involved with them?
1: Right, doing my homework.
3: Also, <laughs> oh, cool. you made
1: this happen yourself. Yes, yeah, you, just- you reached out to to the people just doing my homework, right? Again, just as I, you know, it, it goes back to when I was in high school, I followed the trend with franchising, eventually owned my own franchise. Same thing here, right? Aspirations. If, if, I, if I were to show you my white, whiteboard, you would see an org chart where I have buckets of what I want to do and they're not dreams. This is what I want to do. Um, and so I followed the trend. They, I think the announcement came out um, maybe in June of, of twenty. 21
0: mm-hmm. that
1: they were pursuing um ownership and i had my agents do the due diligence right um i asked them to get me the contacts and i reached out to, to ray bobbit cold um and i and i sort of you know provided a little information on my of myself through email and within an hour he responded um and so the synergies were there we we had tons and tons of conversations just to understand if this made sense Um, I'm big on vibes um, and it it, it feels right. It feels good. It felt good. Obviously, with the other due diligence that's needed, this felt good. Right. Their Mm -hmm. their intent is there for the right thing.
3: There uh, some potentially would be some roadblocks and challenges along this road. How do you envision sort of uh, the process to go like could you like because i'm you know and i know you can't really talk about too much about the particulars of it but for the stuff you can talk about what is sort of the strategic roadmap to owning a WNBA franchise if you will
1: yeah no it's about getting the community to support you one two mm-hmm. you know what i back up the first thing is about making sure that you have a place to host the team mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. AASCG has already done that, right? They've laid that foundation. Mm -hmm. They have secured a a lease agreement with Oakland Arena. So Mm -hmm. that's there. Mm -hmm. The second is money. Mm -hmm. That's there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the third, I I, I think everyone needs to understand because you have to manage these expectations when you see the headlines. It's like, oh, we're going to get a team in Oakland. No, this is a process. I compare this to a political campaign, right? Now we have to make the push to convince not only the community, but also the WNBA and, and the owners within the WNBA that this is a viable, that Oakland is a viable market. So it's, it's, a, it's a ton of work, but I think that's the one thing that attracts me more than anything. Not Not that I can, you know, sort of position myself to sort of be a catalyst for change at the league level, but the process of it all. That is the most intriguing thing to me, right? Because there are going to be challenges, there are going to be roadblocks, but we'll figure out how to get around them or get through them. And and I, I think the other hard part to this is that we can do all of this work, and the league is making that decision.
3: Yeah. Oh, so the the, the decision ultimately rests with the other owners to vote
1: on this. Absolutely, the league. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Okay.
3: Okay. Um, that's interesting. So you know, I looked up I looked up all the information that I could on the group, and and I read a ton of uh, letters of recommendation from all over the community, from every corner of the community, which is super impressive. I've actually reached out and talked to some folks in Oakland. They're extremely excited about it. They feel like this is something that definitely will go in Oakland, in particular, because of how they get down in Oakland. (laughs) And that that's what I mean I'll just say that is just what people have to understand. Like Oakland moves in a different way. Berkeley moves kind of in a different speed than everybody else and they really don't really care about what the outside world thinks of them, but they're gonna get behind a team and a franchise to support them. Bringing me to my next to my next question. What do you want the identity of this organization? Is there a name for the organization? And what do you want the identity for the organization
0: to be?
1: Yeah, um, Yeah. I'm not going to get into sort of the name. um, But um, I I think I've mentioned this and I will always mention it is about being authentic to who I am as an individual. But more importantly, being authentic to who Oakland is. Mm
3: -hmm. That's
1: as simple as that.
3: Mm hmm. And it doesn't get more simple. Final, final (laughs) question. Final question for you, um, Elena. What can I'm a part of the global basketball community is what I call it. So it doesn't matter what level you played on. If you hoop, you love the game, then you're part of the community. What can the global basketball community do to help bridge the gap surrounding the inequities in not only women's professional basketball, but but NCAA basketball, high school on down? What can we do as a global community to bridge that gap?
1: Show up, right? Show up and respect what we do as women athletes. Understand that just because our counterparts are making millions and millions of more dollars than we are, it doesn't negate the amount of work we put into our craft and perfecting it. It's all the same. It's all the same. Right. And that's what we, we have to get people to sort of understand. Um, it's not about tearing someone else down. It's about lifting those around you up. So if, if there's anything, um, the global sports community can do is just show up, be positive, support. Um, because at at some point you're going to have a daughter and you're going to want your daughter to play sports. And your daughter may be one of those elite individuals that make it to the professional level. And you're going to want people to support them as well. So just be kind, be nice. Yeah. Um, just do good. be a good person. Right. I, 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 I can't imagine it being that hard.
3: Well said. Well said. <laughs> Elena. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much for your time today. Um, Best of luck in your push to bring that professional basketball franchise. If anything that I could do to help, please let me know. I don't know if there's anything I could do, but if there's anything I could do, please let me know, because this is something I definitely want to get behind, and and you have my full support upon. Thank you so much for joining KJ Live, ladies and gentlemen, Elena Beard.
1: Thank you, KJ. This was a pleasure.
4: It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for... Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History